booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. We want vaccines. We demand vaccines. Monkeypox declared a public health emergency here in New York City and a disaster emergency by New York's governor. President Biden back in isolation at the White House after testing positive for COVID-19 for a second time. House Speaker Pelosi is in the Indo-Pacific, but her public agenda makes no mention of a controversial visit to Taiwan. As crime soars in the Big Apple, arrests and convictions for felony drug offenses have dropped dramatically, most blamed on progressive policies of district attorneys refusing to prosecute. Hey, drivers, New York City's speed cameras are now operational 24-7 in the Big Apple, and those who put the pedal to the metal risk fines and points. The New York City Health Department has declared monkeypox a public health emergency. They did so Saturday, giving New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, more leeway in fighting the virus. New York City is the epicenter of the outbreak in the United States. Some 80,000 doses of the vaccine is headed here, but some say it's not enough. New York City Council member Eric Botticher was on MSNBC last week. I represent the west side of Manhattan, and we're the epicenter of the outbreak in New York City, which is the epicenter of the outbreak in the country. And there is unbelievable fear, frustration, and anger in our community. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul has declared a disaster emergency in New York State due to the outbreak of monkeypox. About a third of the 4,600 cases in the U.S. are here in New York State. Two people have died, one in Spain and the other in Brazil, the first such reported deaths from the viral outbreak outside of Africa. President Joe Biden has again tested positive for COVID-19. That according to the White House physician, Dr. Kevin O'Connor, who says the president feels well. O'Connor wrote in a memo and he said that Biden's antigen test came back positive late Saturday morning after he tested negative four days in a row. Here's Biden in a video posted to the POTUS Twitter page where he was accompanied by his dog, Commander. Hey, folks. Joe Biden here. Tested positive this morning. Going to be working from home for the next couple of days. Uh, and feeling fine. Everything's good. But uh, Commander and I got a little work to do. <laughs> All right, Commander, of course, the president's dog there. Biden has been treated with the drug Paxlovid. High-risk patients who take Paxlovid have a dramatically lower risk of being hospitalized. On Sunday, the president's physician, Dr. O'Connor, wrote that Biden will continue strict isolation measures from his White House residence. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat from California, part of a delegation visiting Asia. She has arrived this morning in Singapore. The Asian leg of Pelosi's trip follows a stop in Hawaii where Pelosi and others visited the Pearl Harbor Memorial and the USS Arizona. A statement from the Pelosi camp makes no mention of her possible controversial visit to Taiwan. Pelosi plans to visit Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan, according to a statement released by her office on Sunday. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo blasted President Biden for not supporting House Speaker Pelosi's unconfirmed visit to Taiwan, saying the administration should not kowtow to the communist-led regime. 
Pompeo appeared on the Cats Roundtable, hosted by 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis. To allow America to be bullied by Chinese propaganda uh, would send a really bad message to uh, our friends in the region, the Australians, the South Koreans, the Japanese, uh, but mostly would tell the American people uh, that it's okay if the United States is permitted to let a Communist Party a long ways away dictate how Americans will behave, where we'll travel, the things we'll say. Taiwan is self-governed. However, Communist China considers it part of its territory. Pompeo said allowing America to be bullied by Chinese propaganda after Biden spoke on the phone with Chinese President Xi Jinping last week would send a really bad message to our friends in the region. He also said the Australians, the South Koreans and the Japanese as well, it would send a bad message to them. Well, arrests and convictions for major narcotics dealing and possession have dropped dramatically across the Big Apple. Critics say it is fueled by progressive ideology. From 2019 to 2021, arrests for all felony drug sales in the five boroughs plummeted 28 percent. Convictions fell a staggering 52 percent, according to figures out of the State Division of Criminal Justice Services. In the first three months of this year, there were 627 arrests citywide. Now, that marks a 38 percent decline compared to 2019. New York City Mayor Eric Adams back in March condemning on a makeshift drug den many found across the city. This is dignity. This is, this is how we treat fellow New Yorkers. And some would say, well, this is a warm place for them. <laughs> Please. Well, I will subscribe to that. Experts say criminals are emboldened in the Big Apple by progressive DAs who don't want to prosecute and police officers villainize for doing their jobs. Well, starting today, New York City's speed cameras will be on 24-7. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. The city's speed cameras have been operating only on weekdays between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m. Now Big Brother will be watching you all night long, so you better ease up on the gas pedal when driving in the five boroughs. DOT officials citing an increase in overnight accidents. Officials say speed cameras have helped slow speeding by 72%. There are approximately 2,000 speed cameras in New York City. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Bring your umbrella. Shower should end by about 9 this morning. Cloudy skies are high 76. The overnight low 74, partly cloudy skies. Mostly sunny day tomorrow with a high of 86. 20% chance of showers. Winds to 14 miles per hour. Right now we have rain on and off 69 degrees here in the Big Apple. Well, U.S. Senator Joe Manchin went to bat for his reconciliation bill on Sunday by doing something called the full Ginsburg. Now, that means he went on morning shows for all five major networks over the weekend. The moderate Democratic senator from West Virginia appeared on CNN, State of the Union, Fox News Sunday, ABC News this week, CBS News' Face the Nation, and NBC's Meet the Press. He is only the 31st major newsmaker to complete that feed. Here's Manchin on CBS. This is fighting inflation. This is all about the, the absolute horrible uh, position that people are in now because of the uh, inflation cost, whether it be gasoline, whether it be food pricing, whether it be energy pricing. And it's around energy mostly it's driving these high inflation. This is going to do, take care of that because this is aggressively producing more energy to get more supply to get the prices down. The message was similar across the board that the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, as it is now called, will decrease inflation and not raise taxes on the average American household. 
But the nonpartisan Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation released a report estimating that taxes will increase on Americans. In addition, the report found that more than half of the tax increases are on those making less than $400,000 per year rather than the top earners. More on Manchin now. Known for not always going along with his party's leadership, refused on Sunday to declare whether he would support President Biden in 2024 or if he even wants Democrats to succeed in 2022, appearing on multiple political shows, as we mentioned on Sunday. Manchin was pressured on whether or not he stands with fellow Democrats. He also appeared on ABC. Everybody's worried about the elections. That's the problem. It's a 2022 election, 2024. No, but, no, but this is I'm a simple question. Would you? Would you? Not, no, no, it's, just, it's not. I'm not getting involved yeah. in that, John. This was the second time in the past several days that Manchin had refused to declare his support for the president's reelection. In an online interview with Chris Cuomo, Manchin said, we'll just have to wait and see who he supports in 2024, depending on who runs from either party. New CBS News battleground tracker polling shows Republicans in the lead for control of the U.S. House of Representatives ahead of this year's midterm elections, with 230 seats projected for the GOP, 205 for Democrats. GOP wins in 230 districts would give Republicans 12 seats more than the 218 needed to control the chamber. Democrats currently claim a slim majority of 220 seats to Republicans, 211. Republican strategist Doug High spoke to CBS about what the new poll means for Democrats in November and beyond in 2024. For, for November, look, it, it's all about the economy still, right? And it's about what inflation is at and what families are going through every day in their lives. Um, it's really for those numbers of moving forward from that. What do Democrats do? What do Republicans do? For Democrats, it seems pretty clear that those numbers are absolutely unsustainable for Joe Biden. The survey also found that Democrats are disenchanted with current affairs and less likely to show up to vote than Republican counterparts. 16 percent of Democrats, 43 percent of Republicans, meanwhile, said they feel that congressional Democrats have not delivered on promises made in their last campaign cycle. Just half of those surveyed voters felt enthusiastic about turning out to vote in November. The death toll from devastating flooding in eastern Kentucky is continuing to rise as even more rain threatens the region. A total of 26 people have been confirmed dead, including four children swept away on Saturday. The death toll is expected to increase, according to Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir. We do know of additional bodies that have been recovered, but we cannot confirm those deaths at this time. We have hundreds of millions of dollars of damage, uh, hundreds of people displaced, but we are moving and moving fast. Bashir described widespread damage, including power outages, washed out roads, destroyed homes and flooded schools. More rain is forecast today as search and rescue teams continue to look for those who remain unaccounted for. As U.S. overdose deaths soar to record levels, Virginia State Police say they have recovered a synthetic opioid even more powerful and deadly than fentanyl, according to a local report. Protonidazine is a new synthetic opioid. It is three times more powerful than fentanyl, which is already 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. Former DEA Special Agent Derek Maltz appeared on Fox News. Unfortunately, this is happening all too often, 9,000 a month. Dan, the other thing, too, 
Joe Biden said publicly that he recognized the drug crisis as an unusual, extraordinary threat to national security. So the logical question is then why the hell is the border wide open? Why are you allowing an invasion in 150 countries, all these gotaways? Last year, U.S. overdose deaths soared to a record of 107,000 driven overwhelmingly by fentanyl and other illegal opioids. The Associated Press reporting this morning that a ship loaded with Ukrainian grain has left a port in the Odessa region for the first time since the war began. Ukraine's typical harvest output could be halved this year by the Russian invasion, according to Ukrainian President Zelensky. The conflict has exacerbated the global food crisis. Last month, Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kaliba said grain exports from his country ports wouldn't resume without security guarantees for ship owners, cargo owners, and Ukraine as an independent nation. We will be happy to see ships coming to our ports and leaving our ports safely for all, for both shipping companies and owners of the grain, but also for our ports. Uh, but to ensure that, we have to solve the problem of distrust in Russia. The warring country signed an agreement last week with Turkey and the U.N. to facilitate Ukrainian grain export via the Black Sea. 77 WABC Time Check 515. Justin Ellick here with sports. Well, thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. Some very sad news out of the basketball world over the weekend as Bill Russell, the cornerstone of the Boston Celtics dynasty that won eight straight titles and 11 overall over the course of his storied career, passed away yesterday at the age of 88. The Hall of Famer died, quote, peacefully, a social media statement read with his wife Janine at his side, a rough, rough loss for not only the world of basketball, but the world of sports as a whole. It could be argued that Russell had the most remarkable career of any player in the history of team Sports. Rest in peace, Bill Russell. Over to the Diamond we go now as both the Mets and Yankees wind up winners in their weekend series against the Marlins and Royals, respectively. Down in South Beach, the Mets completed a sweep of the Marlins with a 9-3 win in the finale yesterday. Polar Bear Pete Alonso got the scoring underway quickly in the first inning with a laser of a double that brought home Francisco Lindor. New York was off and running and would not look back from there as two more runs followed in the first to give the Orange and Blue a quick 3-0 lead. That lead would balloon from there and Taiwan Walker would remove any shred of a doubt with another five-plus solid innings of work to grab his ninth win of the season. 9-3 is your final for Miami as the Mets will quickly ship it to the nation's capital, take on the Washington Nationals for the next three days. First pitch tonight is set for 7.05 p.m. Eastern, with Max Scherzer set to go up against Washington's Patrick Corbin. As for the Yankees, they took three or four from the Kansas City Royals in the Bronx over the weekend, with the one loss coming in the finale yesterday by a score of 8-6. to six. The Yanks overcame a 4-0 deficit to take a 6-4 lead when Anthony Rizzo set the 7th inning three-run blast deep into the upper deck for his 25th dinger of the year. But Royals backstop Salvador Perez with a punch to pinch drives right back in the ninth with his own three-run shot to hand closer K. Holmes, a very rare blown save. The lead would hold as the Royals avoid the four-game sweep. Bombers feel good going into a three-game set with the Seattle Mariners. Game one set for 7.05 p.m. tonight. Domingo Herman getting the ball against Marco Gonzalez. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here are the early news sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Cloudy today, our high 76 rain should end mid-morning. The overnight low, 74. Mostly sunny day tomorrow. The high is 86 with a 20% chance of a shower. Light winds. Here's Lou Jobs with your financial report. 
This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Wall Street streaking into August. Investors eyeing key manufacturing and employment reports. And the bear market may be over. We'll see those stories next. A new month of trading begins on Wall Street today. All three major indexes coming off their best month this year. Investors are closely watching a number of key economic reports this week. Today's ISM manufacturing report expected to show another decline. And economists are expecting a significant slowing in the pace of job gains. The forecast for Friday, 260,000 jobs added in July, down from 372,000 the previous month. And the unemployment rate expected to hold steady at 3.6%. JetBlue reports earnings tomorrow coming off its $3.8 billion takeover bid for Spirit Airlines. JetBlue's outlook for the rest of the year positive. Revenue expected to increase by 50%. Please join me three times each weekday right here on this station. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Looking at futures, the down the red down 63 points at 32,762 SMPs dropped 13 and a quarter points. NASDAQ down 45, gold's up a dollar 10 an ounce. Crude oil still under $100 a barrel, down $2.16 at $96.46. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Two unprovoked attacks in Manhattan to tell you about this morning. A woman was slashed with a box cutter. This was in an unprovoked attack while walking in Midtown Sunday morning. This happened around 10 a.m. right near 7th Avenue and 42nd Street. This 59-year-old was pulling a bag behind her when a man suddenly slashed her across the hand. The man then took off on foot. Police still looking for this suspect. I was just on the subway just now, and there was a guy, you know, um, looked like he could have been homeless, you know, very vulgar, you know, taking up much of the seats and sit on the subway. I have been here in New York City 67 years, and I love the subways. Police uh, are looking for a man who said uh, this uh, individual was, uh, I beg your pardon, police are looking for a man they said was caught on camera striking a woman in the head. In this other attack, this one happened on the Upper East Side on Park Avenue around 6 a.m. July 14th. That man was walking by the 27-year-old woman when he suddenly hit her in the head with an object, according to the NYPD. That woman taken to the hospital and treated for a cut on her forehead. Police looking for suspects in these attacks. And also, a subway push. Good Samaritans quickly jumped into action after Jonathan Lewis was pushed not once but twice, falling onto the tracks at the 42nd Street Subway platform at 8th Avenue. After seeing a Broadway show with his sister, he and his sister spotted a suspicious man. The man started talking to Lewis and then pushed him twice. In this second push, he fell onto the subway tracks, hearing an approaching train. And he locks eyes with me. And I was like, oh, no, I'm in deep trouble. Something's going to happen. And so sure enough, he shoves me and I hit the platform. And when I hit the platform, he went, you pop. Good Samaritans were able to stop the train while his sister and others lifted him up to safety. And then EMS took this man to a hospital for treatment of a badly sprained knee. He's now on crutches. Police ended up arresting the alleged subway pusher on the platform moments after this unprovoked push. Police have charged 27-year-old Wilson Garcia with assault and reckless endangerment in connection with that attack. 
Well, a video capturing a jiu-jitsu black belt chasing down and holding a suspect following random assaults of two people in Manhattan has now gone viral. Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt Ro Malabanan was headed to work last Wednesday when he witnessed a suspect sucker punch a construction worker in Soho and a teenager before the attacker tried to run away. Malabanan, afraid the suspect would attack somebody else, sprang into action, chasing and holding the suspect until police arrived. Here's what he told NBC New York. I walked up to the to the guy that got hit and checked to see if he was okay. Uh, he said he was not okay. He, my martial arts side kicked in. I was like, yeah, let's go stop this guy. In my mind, I was like afraid because like this guy may hurt another person um, or worse. After pinning the suspect to the ground, the martial arts expert held him until police arrived. Malabanan's actions were captured on video, which went viral. Malabanan, born in the Philippines, but grew up in New York City. He teaches boxing. He studies jiu-jitsu. He's just thankful. He says his training kicked in at the right time. Well, more on that flooding in eastern Kentucky. On Saturday, some big-hearted New Yorkers went out of the way to help out, welcoming a live cargo special delivery of animals from flood-ravaged eastern Kentucky. About 50 dogs arrived in the Hell's Kitchen area. Amanda Sai is a program director for Muddy Paws, and she spoke to CBS2. Foster, adopt, donate. Um, please do so with any organization. Everybody really, really needs the help right now. The Hell's Kitchen Animal Rescue Muddy Paws partners with shelter groups in Kentucky, North Carolina, and Texas to help ease severe overcrowding. Muddy Paws focuses on dogs of all ages, including older dogs who are at risk of being put down. Another delivery coming this week. Muddy Paws has helped more than 6,000 puppies and dogs find homes since it was founded in 2016. Applause there. There were plenty of cheers and handshakes Friday for NYPD Deputy Commissioner John Miller on his last day with the NYPD. Bagpipes played as Miller walked out of one police plaza for the final time as head of intelligence and counterterrorism. He announced his retirement in June after spending nearly a decade working with the NYPD under four different administrations. Miller also spent years as a journalist, including working for CBS News. Well, luck is in the air in the Bronx anyway. A second prize, Mega Millions ticket worth $1,002,000 sold for Friday's drawing, according to the New York State Lottery. That ticket was bought from New Way Deli and Lottery that's located along East Kingsbridge Road. Friday's drawing at $1.3 billion was the second largest ever Mega Millions jackpot in history. Mega Millions players can head to nylottery.gov to see if they have the winning numbers for each and every drawing. And the winning ticket for that grand prize was reported to be in Illinois. According to megamillions.com, there was one ticket taking that jackpot winning in the draw Friday night. The top prize bought at a Speedway gas station and convenience store in De Plain, Illinois. The winning numbers were 13, 36, 45, 57, 67, the Mega Ball 14. We may never know who won the top $1.3 billion jackpot from Friday's drawing. Illinois uh, state law allows big winners to keep their names and addresses confidential in most cases. And Illinois lottery officials say the winner has not yet come forward. And New York state lottery officials as well 
have not yet announced who that second prize winner was. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Rain probably factoring into all those incidents out there. Showers should end around 9 this morning. Cloudy skies are high 76. The overnight low 74. Mostly sunny day tomorrow. The high 86 with a 20% chance of showers and light winds to 14 miles per hour. Rain on and off right now. And we have 69 degrees light rain here in the Big Apple. Sometimes I think if I hear that word frequency once more, I'll cry. All Trekkie fans knew her as Uhura from the original Star Trek hit series. And Nichelle Nichols died Saturday at the age of 89 in Silver City, New Mexico, according to her son, Kyle Johnson. Her role as communications officer, Lieutenant Uhura, on the original Star Trek TV series broke many barriers for black female actors, including her boundary-pushing on-screen interracial kiss with William Shatner. In 1994, Nichols published her autobiography, Beyond Uhura, Star Trek and Other Memories. Well, if you missed the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.